0: It makes sense that when new challenges in schools arise,
1: so would innovative models and solutions. In an earlier leader chat with Richard Ingersoll regarding teacher shortages, he mentioned teacher-powered schools.
0: After some research, we invited Amy Youngie and Wendy salcedo Fieto to talk with us. While we all think of the traditional principal leading and managing the school, there are new ways emerging. We hope you enjoy learning about this model as much as we did, enjoy. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, teachers, educators, leaders. My name is Jeff Rose. Welcome to Leader Chat. Today is going to be a fun conversation. And this is a continuation on a topic that um, came to us very recently. And I'll, I'll explain here in a second. But for those that are um, avid listeners, you may remember um, that we recently talked with um, Richard uh, Angersall related to some of the significant data points uh, on, t- on teacher shortages, shortages in schools, and so forth, and um, he brought up these really, really interesting uh, kind of concepts and processes. It was a great conversation. And for those of you that weren't listening, I recommend you go listen um, to, to Richard. Just a fascinating and uh, fascinating discussion, and he has great research and great data points. But in the meantime, even if you didn't, this is somewhat of a continuation. Um, I'm going to describe to you um, as as briefly as I can. Basically, I was asking Richard if he is aware of any particular models or solutions to this um, incredible challenge and almost like this epidemic sweeping schools, specific to the like mass exodus of teachers from schools. Um, He mentioned a few things related to leadership strategies that were really, really important. And then he also said something about a teacher-powered school is what he said. And we talked about that very briefly, but then after the interview, Richard and I were hanging out and chatting and I asked him a little bit more about that. I said, what is this you know, teacher powered school concept? And he said, well, I can tell you a little bit about it, but I can make an introduction for you. And so that this conversation that you're about to experience, which I think will be fascinating for you, especially if you're interested in leadership in any way, shape or form in schools and in school systems. I think that you're going to find it really interesting. I'm learning a ton and I will learn more as we speak to our guests. I'm going to be inviting here any moment um, Amy Youngie, who's the director of Teacher Powered Schools. Amy is a former California public elementary and middle school teacher and assistant principal. She started work with the Teacher Powered Schools in 2009 and was a contributing author for Trusting Teachers Will trusting teachers with school success. What happens when teachers call the shots? Today, Amy supports educator teams across the country with teacher-powered governance, collaborative leadership, and autonomous school models. And by the way, the cool thing is, Amy said, well, I shouldn't do this alone right i should I should have somebody with me who's engaged in leading this process day to day. So we're also going to be talking with uh, Wendy Salcedo Fiero. I hope I said that somewhat correct. She's a teacher powered specialist. Wendy is a social studies teacher and dual language teacher at UCLA Community School, a teacher powered school in Los Angeles. As a lead teacher, Wendy helped articulate her school's K-12 bilingual program and helped develop innovative projects, assessments, and initiatives. She also served as a guiding teacher for UCLA's teacher education program where she helps prepare aspiring teachers to teach for social justice. Now, before we bring them on, my curiosities and questions have to do with me researching a little bit about the model, but I'm also gonna be asking questions just because I know that I have natural bias. I mean, I I was a teacher as a fourth and fifth grade teacher. I was an elementary school principal, a high school principal, and I've had these central office roles, superintendent in a few different places. So I have this image of leadership at the school and district level. And this in some way shakes it up a little bit, which I think is phenomenal. And I I actually really like that. So um, without further ado, let me invite Amy and Wendy onto the screen. And welcome then. Amy, Wendy, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be with you. So, so Amy,
0: excited. well, Wendy and, and Amy, I, I, um, I, I read this much of your bio. Um, what am I missing? What do you think would be really important for people to hear? Um, I have to shorten or else I end up talking the entire time. So um, what did I miss? Or maybe just kind of catch people up to what have you been up to these days?
1: So I'm not sure you missed anything. I think I come at education, both from an experience in the classroom and an experience as an administrator, but also an experience as a parent and three children in public schools and how um, different they are and how my kids have different needs. And I know students in classrooms have different needs and educators in buildings have different needs. And so how can we meet everyone's needs um, to be a really thriving school community? How
0: about you, Wendy? What did I miss or or mess up with?
2: You did not mess anything up. Um, I'm really excited to talk about Teacher Powered and just the way that it looks. It's very different across different schools, and I'm excited to share my insight um, from my own personal experience.
0: So this goes to uh, both of you. I'm curious, what was your initial motivation to lean into this model? I mean, there, there must have been something that caused you to think, you know, this is important to me Um, and your stories may be similar or they may be different, but that's your kind of motivation and and why you do what you do now, I think would be interesting.
1: Absolutely, I came at it skeptical. Uh, Teacher Powered started as a research project for education evolving, and we were really interested in what happens when teachers control their work. And I was brought on to bring on a classroom teacher perspective and an administrator perspective. And when we first started, I wasn't sure what we would find when teachers control their work. And so we were really looking at, do schools where teachers have autonomy and collective ability to make decisions? Do they emulate high performing organizations? And so this research started in 2009. And as we were doing the research and visiting schools all over the country and talking to teams, I could see for myself the power of it, the power for educators, the power for students, and they were very inspiring schools and I wanted to be a part of that. And it really started as a very grassroots way to connect schools that felt isolated from each other. And so we realized schools were getting a lot of support in learning program and discipline and social emotional learning, but they weren't getting a lot of support in governance and how to collaboratively make decisions. And so that's really where teacher power started. So you were
0: were a skeptic and then over time you were convinced. Yes. All right. How about about you, Wendy? Yeah.
2: Well, I actually began my journey in a teacher-powered school. I've been at the UCLA Community School for 10 years. Um, When I first did my student teaching resident year, I was at UCLA, um, where I worked with really strong mentor teachers. I was already embedded in a collaborative model. And when there was an opening, I uh, interviewed and I sort of landed there. When I started at uh, UCLA Community School, I wasn't really aware that, you know, it was going to be a teacher powered school. I didn't really know what that means, what that meant, what sort of shared governance really meant as in my early years. Um, But my big why as to why I went into the classroom was. I really wanted to make an impact. I wanted to make a change. I wanted that my the work that I did every day with students really sort of had um, an impact on the school on students. And so when I was in this model, I really learned from a very from my very early years that I could make that impact when I collaborated and I worked with teams of teachers as well.
0: So as as we know, there is um, uh, the many teachers leave within the first few years. I mean, Richard Ingersoll and I were talking about this very thing. Um, And you know, so it's not just a pipeline issue, but it's an attrition issue specific to those first few years of teaching. So um, Wendy, you talked about your why relative to wanting to make an impact probably in the trajectory of lives of students. A lot of teachers enter with a very similar why and then they exit because they're overwhelmed they're frustrated, and much of their work sometimes doesn't connect to their original why. And so um, that's one of the reasons that sometimes we lose teachers. But it seems to to me that this model, um, it's it, it's clearly kept you, right? I mean, you you've you've been there for a time. So do you feel that maybe this model is a contributing factor? that has kept you as a teacher as opposed to causing you to leave within the first three?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think working in a public schools, in a, in a public school system, right? There are so many different challenges that you know teachers and students are experiencing. And sometimes those challenges get so overwhelming. And I can't imagine being or having worked in a traditional model where I was just kind of g- going to expect people to tell me how to solve these problems, right? Um, In this model, I think I constantly heard, you know, people saying that teachers are experts, that we know the students, we know our communities. And so that really, I think for me, was a really agent of part of my learning in in teaching where I feel like um, I do have experiences. And if I work with other teachers, I can also figure out how to solve the issues that are coming up at schools right um how do we address things that are coming up um, immediately within our you know society political landscape things that are happening and really impacting our families um, how do i talk to people about um, what could we do in the meantime right we can't just wait for people to um, tell us how to move forward um, and so i think in this model i really saw my work impacting students, I really saw that um, I could make a change, I could develop curriculum, I can develop authentic assessments, in ways that um, could really benefit students and really help see their growth.
0: So Amy, when you hear Wendy, you must feel uh, fulfilled and, and and proud in a number of ways as you're supporting schools throughout the country, with this model to know that it is having an impact. Um, Not just on individual teachers, but in an environment in a school that does what it has done for Wendy.
1: Absolutely. And I think it really supports... Ingersoll's research, which is around why teachers leave, they leave because they feel isolated. Um, Teaching so often is done in a silo and you don't get to collaborate with your colleagues and you don't get to, you have to be the one teacher in the one classroom and you don't get to draw on the collective wisdom of your colleagues. And so in this model, not only can you do that, but it brings in the autonomy piece that comes from Ingersoll's research about teachers not feeling like they can do what's best for their students. Because there are mandates coming down from a state, from a district that aren't taking into account that teachers know their students best in an educational setting. And um, being able to collaborative make decisions with families and with students themselves um, really is a powerful way for students and teachers to own their work.
0: In searching through your website, uh, the the website, Teacher Powered Schools, um, I was, you know, reading and becoming really, really curious, this is, I, I pulled a quote and I, what I'm going to ask Amy is after I read the quote, if, if you can build upon it and try to take what is a lot of information and help the listener understand the, 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 the basics, the building blocks of a teacher powered school. So. Sure. Um, In teacher-powered schools, teachers have greater ability to make the dramatic changes that they determine necessary to truly improve student learning and the teaching profession. Teacher-powered schools are about fulfilling one of the nation's greatest responsibilities, preparing the next generation of young people to reach their full potential, contribute to their communities, and participate in a 21st century global economy. Public education needs innovation and transformation to fulfill this responsibility. Teacher-powered school enables teachers, those who work closest with students, to be the driving force behind this change. So help our listeners understand. So what is a teacher-powered school? And, you know, you don't and kind of in an elevator speech, so to speak.
1: So I think everyone who has gone to education in the United States has grown up in this very traditional um, industrial model of education, where there is one teacher in one classroom. There may be a team of third or fourth grade teachers or English teachers, and then there's some level of administration. And in that case, the decisions start at the top with whether it's a principal or even if going above that, you know, the superintendent um, to the state and decisions are made at the top and flow down. The difference is, is that um accountability goes up teachers are being held accountable for things that they did not make decisions in someone outside often of their school are making decisions and so at a teacher-powered school instead of this hierarchical um, someone at the top the administrator is a key member of the educator team and it becomes more like a circle where the accountability and the decision making are flowing between teams, between colleagues, between administrators, and so that they're making the decisions together and they're drawing on the collective. What this looks like in practice, and that's always the question, you know, like, okay, that sounds good, but how does that actually work at a school site? Um, It looks very different across the country, and that's because each teacher-powered school has the ability to create the school and the system that works best for them at some schools you may walk into the building and it does look like a very traditional school Um, there will be a principal there might be assistant principals there'll be classrooms Um, but what you would see if you dig a little bit closer or if you spent a week there is that there is built-in collaboration time that there um, the principal is often teaching at some point during the day, or certainly during the week, that administrators are covering classes so that teachers can observe each other and collaborate on projects that students are part of decision making that families are there, um, not just as a voice, but as a really as creating a space for them to be part of the decisions. And this is creating a thriving school community where not where students and the educator teams and families have agency, voice, and choice. You may also see in some schools um, that don't look very traditional that they may use um, multiple teachers in in a classroom, they may use project based learning. And so students are all over and there's a lot of movement. um, And it doesn't look like a traditional classroom. And that's because a lot of students and families have grown up and they didn't have a good experience in a traditional school. And so they're trying trying to recreate to create an environment that is not typical of what they may see in a traditional model um, to better serve the needs of those students.
0: So, Wendy, as Amy describes the the philosophy and some of the kind of driving factors on a teacher um, on a teacher led school, um, maybe you can kind of compare and contrast what it's like for you. This is why I like this idea. I mean, obviously, um, Amy is going to have a firm grasp and perspective on what the model is, but then, of course, then there's the practice and there's the differences school to school. So. Um, how would you either um, kind of piggyback on some of Amy's comments or um, maybe describe some of the differences knowing that, you know, your school is its own ecosystem and environment with natural nuance to it?
2: Yeah. So um, I, the UCLA Community School is a K-12. We have three administrators um, on site. And really, our, what it looks like, teacher power looks like on the everyday level is actually a lot a lot of um the structure is traditional in many ways but we do have a lot of um power and ability to determine how we use our collaboration time so um what you might see is um you know teachers really taking the time or really using our protected, we really protect our collaboration time um, at UCLA Community School. And you might see, um, you know, teachers that are actually leading these meetings. Um, Principals might be in these meetings and it's not always the principal who is, we're looking towards for, you know, decision-making. so we are really uh, making sure that there is a lot of space for teachers to problem solve within these, um, this everyday work. Um, what I also would see, what you might also see if you were to come to the UCLA Community School is students are engaged, they're learning. There are a lot of uh, students who are really invested in their, in their learning and they want to improve. There's a lot of strong relationships that are happening between teachers, staff and students. Um, and so I think um, I see this teacher-powered model not only impacting like the health, the happiness of teachers, but also um, students and how they experience schools every day.
0: Why do you think that um, obviously the ultimate goal, Wendy, is that, te- that students would be engaged? Right. And so you say, you know, there, there, there are two things that this model contributes to, right? The, the kind of the, the health and happiness of teachers, but also the engagement of students. So... Um how can you describe how how those things are related based on your experience? I mean you would assume that they would be related but why it, why do you think this model impacts the engagement of kids?
2: Yeah, I think um I feel as a teacher um in this model a lot of accountability for the work that I'm doing outside of the classroom as well. So um whatever we are working on in our shared leadership spaces, we are we are drawing from the information that students are bringing every day, whether that's the data we're looking at in, uh, instructionally, it's also who they are as people, as human beings, what their aspirations are. So I feel like when I am given that um, ability to drive our own professional learning, um, i know that i'm doing that with students in mind so students also feel that you know when they are in need of something when they want to have a certain program or some sort of club that they can reach out to their teachers and they're going to be able to help them make that happen right that the teacher is not going to say well i have to wait for the administrator to approve this right we're going to figure out how are we going to make sure that what the student needs we can provide sort of an immediate response to that
0: so, Beth, can I add
2: to that real oh, quick?
0: please, please add.
2: So, you know, many of our schools
1: use it's based on a very democratic, collaborative environment and decision making, and that's being modeled for students. Students are very observant, and they see their teachers collaborating. They see that their principal is supporting, not directing, and they they see and are being it's being modeled for them. What does it mean? to work and grow and learn in a place where everyone is coming together to better the community. Um, and not only is student engagement up at teacher-powered schools, um, from Richard Ingersoll's research, student achievement even on traditional measures of math and ELA are up using traditional tests. And so he found that in schools where teachers are part of decision-making, even outside of curriculum but in other areas, school-level decision-making, that that is leading to increases, uh, you know, if I Call crook, it's like 11 over 11% in mathematics and over 20% in ELA. And so I think that when we look at that from a student achievement perspective or a school culture perspective, we think about well, what are the building blocks that are enabling conditions that need to be there for a school to be able to do this. And part of that is some level of site-level autonomy, whether that's through an innovation zone or through a chartering agreement or through the pilot schools um, or an MOU. And then we think about, okay, well, what struck, it's more than just a really strong principle because there's a lot of schools that have a collaborative principal, but then they leave and that school site loses that. And so it's also about the structures and the practices and codifying that into a system that protects and sustains that school over time.
0: So let me expose myself as as, as, as an old person. Um, back in the back in the day when I was a principal, administrator, superintendent, et cetera. I was aware um, that there would be dramatic differences, school to school, right? In all of the districts that I served or led, you know, one school naturally would, could be very different than the school down the street. Um, I also believed and would often say that we are a school system, not a system of schools. And we need to do some work together but i knew that for every initiative that we would launch or talk about or agree to that you know there there needs to be this kind of balance of loose and tight or i used to say uh, autonomy versus fidelity the goal is not 100 percent autonomy where you know there's a chaos theory (laughs) uh, but also fidelity to assume that it could be delivered Uh, in one school the same way it could another. There has to be some give and take to that process, even understanding that we're on the same team. So I'm curious, knowing that there are some building blocks to this model, there clearly have to be these micro models. Like so one teacher powered schools, and for those that are not watching the video, this is air quotes, teacher powered school compared to another one, there has to be able to be these differences, I assume. Can you talk about maybe some of the differences that you see within the umbrella of this model?
1: Absolutely. I think that the biggest difference is in learning programs. The, I would say that all of the schools share a really strong commitment to create what we would call student-centered learning environments and we think of that in terms of seven principles so everything from kind of positive relationships to building positive identity um, voice and choice uh, real world relevant competency-based those kinds of key parts are what we would consider student-centered learning and all of our schools are grounded in that what how that looks in their community or in their school looks different there are some schools that focus on the arts there are other schools that are um outdoor learning schools. There are some schools that focus on social justice or law or um, a Montessori approach. And that looks different because each team is being able to create what's the school for their students. There are some of our schools that are part of innovation zones and they're really doing very creative things for students. There are other parts of our school, other schools that have really formed because teachers saw a need in the community that wasn't being met. And maybe that looks like serving students who have kind of aged out of the traditional high school or serving students who need credit recovery or who are already parents. And so there needs to be some flexibilities in that. And so the learning program piece I think is what looks different from campus to campus, but what is similar is a true commitment to serving the full student and their families um, and engaging in learning that is it really draws upon what the student knows and their own assets and brings all of that to the table.
0: Wendy, not to put you on the spot, uh, but at your school, it's a K-12, right? Um, Do you what is the history on how your school Um, embraced this model? Was it from the very beginning? Was it because there was an intrigue or a challenge that was trying to be, you know, bridged and therefore teacher powered school maybe met a need? How did it come to be at your school?
2: Yeah, so um, it actually originated from the pilot schools movements that happened um, a few years ago. And so, when the Los Angeles Unified District basically gave certain schools, um, you know, additional autonomy to um, make decisions, uh, teachers, really organized for to make this school particularly teacher-led and they distributive leadership was one of the big pieces of the pilot schools um, specifically in this community that had historically been in the pico union community community that had historically been very underserved by Los Angeles schools right there's just there wasn't like even enough opportunities for schooling um, originally in this community so Um, I think it kind of originated from that vision that, you know, we can create a really amazing school in a community that had historically been underserved. Um, And so that was part of the original, um, you know, these autonomies that our teacher powered were part of the original MOUs. And so basically teachers fought to have this kind of model in place. And, um, you know, many years later, we're still living it and working through it.
0: Now, like I said, not everyone's watching um, on video; some are listening. But you, you, you kind of um, smirked when you said teachers fought to have this kind of model. Uh, maybe I miss something, but what, what did you mean by that? Like, what's what do you mean? Teachers fought to have this kind of model.
2: I think it's. Um, I mean, teachers. Organized for this model, and this was particularly during a time when you know you had like the waiting for Superman crowd. You had everybody <laughs> yeah, looking sure. for, like, you know, that one hero who was going to save schools and come in and save everybody. So, um, I what I I think when I say that, I mean, um, you know, it it was just a tough time for teachers that you know they were sort of being punished for you know not doing what I think society was assuming that they weren't doing or like they were sort of being putting a lot of responsibility on teachers and when really um teachers were not all they're not always viewed or or sort of they're not always seen as professionals right and or they're sort of blamed for the bigger issues in society so i think when i think about teachers fighting for this model it means like um really wanting to protect um teacher autonomy and to really serve the community and the students. Um, Because I don't think that was originally, it's it's just, that trust hasn't really been in place for many years.
1: Um, I also think that- Yeah, go ahead. Wendy school, it's on the RFK campus. And so there's actually six schools on one campus. Um, so there's six teacher-powered schools on this one campus in Los Angeles. And they're all very different schools, even though they're serving the same community. So some are K-12, some are elementary, some are high schools, so one's like a performing arts school. Wendy, we would know this. And they took advantage of the pilot opportunity to really meet the needs of this this area that had been underserved and had so much to offer the larger Los Angeles um, communities. And so it, it is really interesting to think about what happens when you give teachers and community creative power and share that power. It's not consolidating the power just to teachers, it's sharing that power with the administrator team. with. Um, students with families and building community partnerships around that.
0: Okay. So I, I, I missed this and I, I, I I pride myself on on doing some research prior to conversations, but I don't think I was aware that this is, uh, you said six schools on one campus, but they're all teacher powered schools, correct?
1: Yes. I mean, they, they do look different. I would say there's kind of, we think of teacher powered as a spectrum. So I Uh would say maybe different, degrees of how that plays out at their schools, but um, all of the schools have in common a really strong sense of being community schools, valuing students, and um, professionalizing teacher roles. And
0: Wendy, the six schools, your school as well, part of LA Unified?
2: Yes, they are. This is also the historic site of the assassination of uh, Robert F. Kennedy, so yeah.
0: OK. Um, so by helping me, you're helping other people based upon the, this, this curiosity that I don't know exactly how it's going to come out. So um, one thing I often say in public, when I'm in front of people I said this at a conference in Florida last week I said, "You know, I, I truly believe and that teachers are the ones that make the biggest difference for students when in school. This is not a comparison to the family, that's a different environment. I'm talking about when in school, we see the highest correlation between the teacher and the student, that making a difference in the lives of the kids. That being said, I will always say, but I also don't believe in the chaos theory, meaning that you can put great teachers in a building, sometimes the best teachers in a building. And I will say this, so you're gonna either support me or refute it one or the other. Um, I will also say, but if they don't have a good leader, if there's not good leadership, those teachers can't meet their potential. They they will not be able to fulfill their capacity as great teachers unless there is great leadership. Because my work is to support leaders through our community and our model. Um, so that being said, I'm I'm curious what what you think about that. And and by the way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to be open-minded, knowing that I just have some natural bias in it. So help me um, understand um, whether, you know, how this is experienced in a teacher-led school, my issue or my belief that good leaders are really important.
1: I would totally agree with that. I would agree with everything you just said. I think that the emphasis for me would be on the plural of leaders that in a teacher powered school, it's not a lack of leaders, it's a multiple leaders. And so it's a place where they are building the capacity of every teacher to lead in some aspect of and that creates opportunities for professional growth, and that creates opportunities where we're not taking our best teachers out of the classroom and putting them into administrative roles. Because there are hybrid roles where we can te- keep our best teachers in classrooms and mentoring other teachers, and working and building on their expertise and helping them helping them have leadership roles. Um, my guess is, as a leader, you were a very collaborative. That was your approach. Um, I don't think. Unfortunately, all superintendents and principals take that approach. Some take a very top down. They want to control things and it feels chaotic when things aren't directly under their control. And it is about trusting your team, which is where hiring autonomy has a really big impact in teacher powered schools. If you're going to collaboratively lead a school with your team, it's really important that you have a say in who is hired and who might not be a good fit for the school. And so building on that, it's, it's creating a school, not just where teachers are leaders, where students are leaders and where families are leaders, and that is creating true impact um, and accountability. Along with you know, being a leader comes being accountable and teachers are absolutely willing to take accountability for things that they have control over and a saying. Um, and so you're just creating a culture of
2: leaders there.
0: How would you what would you say to 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 build on or compare or contrast what what Amy just had to say, Wendy?
2: Yeah, I would say absolutely. Teachers are leaders, so I would definitely broaden that that definition of leadership. Um, and I also think our administrators and our principals um, we very much respect them, and we also they actually are really amazing leaders as well. But they're now their 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 function is now they've worked differently than a traditional leader, right? They kind of see themselves more as a facilitator. It, it sort of shifts their thinking is shifts so that they're not the ones who feel that they have to tell people what to do, but they really make decisions with the entire team. Um, so it it sort of kind of shakes up that definition of traditional leadership, right? Where we're kind of thinking more collectively um, for the well-being of everyone.
0: Well, you know, my um, long, long time ago, I, I told you I, I was old, but my long time ago, my dissertation was actually on collaborative systems of educators and the impact that has on kids. Um, and it, it, it was interesting. I, what, what I also found and part of the, the premise of, of my, my piece was that for collaboration to happen there also have to be some systems and some structures yes. to how this works. It's, it's one thing to say we're a collaborative environment, but that's a, a kumbaya m- moment doesn't lend itself to an infrastructure that allows you to make quality decisions. So okay. there needs to be roles and responsibilities specific to decision making. I used to have just a, a basic, I called it a one, two, three model. It was really easy. I said to people, this is a number one decision. I've made it or I'm making it. FYI. And usually those are the kinds of things people don't wanna decide anyway. Uh, And number two is I would say, tell me what you think, um, and then I'll make it. I mean, I'll be willing to take this on my shoulders, but I can't make it without understanding perspective. And number three is we make it. This is gonna be a consensus model. We have to have a strategy on how we gain consensus, but we don't leave the room until we agree on what this decision is. It's a number three. So I would label one, two, or three in order to create clarity for us as teams. Um, that's one example. So I'm curious about some of the systems, if you have a leader, a maybe a traditional principal or administrator, as you have three of them in your school, correct, Wendy? Um, some schools probably have different models, but what are some of the collaboration tactics that you see to ensure that teachers are leaders, but they're not asked to go beyond their lane so that no longer they're f- not focused on their f- primary responsibility which is supporting students in their classrooms. So, how have you seen that balance and dance happening in these in the schools?
2: Yeah, so I think at the school where I uh, have taught at um we really start with a strong organizational chart. (laughs) We really identify what are the spaces of decision-making that teachers will be a part of, and also staff, counselors, right? Um, So I will say that not every single teacher makes every single decision at this school. Um, That's also like not possible with the amount of work that we also have to do. Um, So we have a really clear outline, right? So we have, for example, an operations team, a leadership team, they have different purviews, they have different sort of, ways that they make decisions and there are very clear structures and routines there's really clear procedures about how to create agendas how to like you know share these out ahead of time so that people know what we're making decisions about um, there are decision consens- consensus consensus uh, making protocols as well and a lot of that actually happens within these meetings and then they it, they're really like their formal structures and so our operations team will be the people who really, help lead the school in making decisions around, like, matrix, class sizes, operations, things around social, emotional, restorative justice. Um, Our leadership team will support the decision-making in um, things around instruction, focus, uh, improvement science, things that we're sort of doing every day on the instructional piece. And so the administrators are part of these decision-making bodies, right? They are in these meetings as well. They also get one vote Um, and although they bring a different level of expertise, right? The idea is that we all also bring a level of expertise and knowledge that uh, can help guide these decisions. And we are accountable to each other. We know that, you know, our operations team is going to make a decision about XYZ because they've had conversations within their own grade levels or dense departments. There's ongoing transparency and discussion through clear processes.
1: And Jeff, I will say what I hear in your question is teachers have a lot to do. Are we just adding to their plates? Like, there's a little that's a question we get a lot. And it's not that teachers are doing more work, they're doing different work in a different way. And they're, you know, they're finding it much more fulfilling. And no, they don't make every decision or every teacher making every decision, but the team has really come together around what is our shared purpose as a school community? And we make decisions within that framework. And that's how we are really confident that other people will be agreeing with our decisions um, if we can't come together and make it those. So, um, and, uh, and, and you're right, I,
0: for, for me, like I said, maybe i may a traditional in a sense, but um, but I also really embrace the need for people to uh, feel a part of something um, bigger than sometimes even themselves, they need to be a part of the organization, um, yes. and and that that that's one of the big dilemmas that we know teachers are facing as they sometimes leave the schools because they didn't feel honored as um, a member of the community, but rather right. as almost just well you're you're you know you're a spoke in the wheel, but you're not necessarily part of. The wheel if that makes sense and so so i I, i'm 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 really really interested now but i also know that roles and responsibilities and training specific to models of collaboration decision making especially in a model that's going to be more collaborative would be important so i assume that's part of the ongoing training that happens because it would have to be effective right
1: And I would say that as we're working with schools that are either converting to a more teacher powered model or starting a new school, one of the strategies we use for that is to share multiple ways that that can look and then for the team to decide okay we're going to take on this model and adjust it a little bit here Or we're going to take on a piece of this and add a piece of this and that way they're really co-designing their school and their processes and that is a very key step in a teacher-powered school that teachers are part of that shared design space um, thinking about How will this work better? And that's going to change. That's not going to look the same as it did five years ago. Um, Schools look different and they grow and they have different students and different faculty. And so you have to make adjustments every year.
0: Okay. So second to last question. Um, And I only say that because I, we got to hurry. And I'm sorry, I'm taking way too much of your time. So here's, here's, what is the impact and whether that be, um, a description of the impact, uh, or maybe some data points that this model is having on teachers and leaders?
1: Absolutely, so we have, there's, I would say that the data points are growing and we're studying it as part of our ongoing research around what do teacher-powered schools look like. So for example, we're, in, we're just wrapping up a teacher-powered schools um, teacher retention study. And we're finding our hypothesis was, and our anecdotal evidence was that yes, teacher-powered schools have higher retention rates than traditional models. And our research, um, the study is wrapping up this month and should be published later this month, but it did show us that, yes, our the teacher powered models are leading to higher teacher retention. And of course, this is really important in um, our teacher shortage crisis. It's also leading to there's been some studies around w- the quality of work life of a teacher um, at a teacher powered school. And do they find it um, as a satisfying job? And the research shows us that, yes. Um, Dr. Sarah Kemper from the University of Minnesota studied this as part of her um, dissertation, and she found that teachers at teacher powered schools are more satisfied. They have a high correlation to not only staying, but really being happy at the school and feeling like they're part of their community. Um, And it's in the teacher retention kind of questions that are going around nationally, there's a lot of focus on compensation as there should be, but it's not just compensation, it's working conditions that teachers leave the profession because they're unhappy with working conditions. And we can show that at teacher powered schools, the working conditions um, can be changed to improve the quality of the work life of an educator at the school site.
0: So this last question, we'll start with Wendy and then we'll go to you, Amy. So um, where most of our systems in the leadership circle are round table processes. So um, this is the one thing that we do where we give content out. The way we support leaders that are in our community is we gather them around the table for discourse according to these protocols that we've created. Um, So I'm really, um, I I believe in leaders helping leaders as opposed to them just listening um, and assuming that that makes a difference. So. But if we were to pretend that the three of us are sitting around a table and at the table with us are principals, assistant superintendents, maybe superintendents, so leaders that we serve in the leadership circle, um, what would be your kind of parting brass tacks, elevator speech of advice that you would give to them um, specific to your experience, this model what would you wanna leave them with? When do you go first?
2: Yeah, I think this work really requires a lot of learning, but also unlearning, unlearning traditional ways of, in which like power is sort of hoarded and sort of maintained or decisions are made in like the select few hands. So it does require a lot of unlearning. So if it feels uncomfortable, that is normal, right? That That's not really the traditional ways of schooling. Um, and that's okay, but I also think that you know, administrators and superintendents can really bring a larger collective impact, they're going to sort of be more powerful because they are going to allow the, you know, uh, other people to have decision-making power as well. And that's actually going to transfer to systems change and it's gonna transfer to schools and um, their transformations. So it's messy, but it's worth it.
0: No, it's, it's great, Wendy, thanks. How about you, Amy?
2: I would definitely
1: echo that it's messy but it's worth it theme that and to be brave to take on that learner mindset of I'm growing too and I'm growing in how I consider sharing power and where I'm making decisions and who's at this table, you know, Build a bigger table and invite the people that are never at the table, not only just to hear their voice and their opinions, but to really weigh in on decisions. And that becomes a very powerful um, tool for change, lasting change, sustainable change. And, you know, all of everyone in education hopefully went into it to make a positive impact in students. And this is really a way to do that. not just for students, but for educators and their families and the community that they're serving.
0: Well, I know that we're kind of amidst uh, Women's History Month. I want to thank both of you for the, your leadership. So um, it's thank always you. important to kind of call that out. And I uh, also just want to thank you for for this time. I know that um, since we talked the first time, Amy, I've really appreciated uh, learning on my own. Um, I learn a lot better with other people. So this conversation helps me a great deal. And then the intent is that this all, kind of our discourse um, also helps some of our other leaders. And so know that we'll really continue to kind of push this out and encourage our leaders to learn more. So just keep in mind, this may not be the last time our paths cross, if that's okay.
1: Absolutely, I'd love to continue talking with you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yeah,
0: thank, thank, you. thank you very much, Ewing. Thank you, Wendy. Ladies and gentlemen, so uh, I kind of I, I, I kind of pose myself there as a you know quote traditional um, leader. I, I I really am not, but I think it's important that we understand that we all come from certain models, and so as new models um, are are encouraged and are embraced. I think it's our job as leaders to be as open-minded as we can. I'm, I'm really, really curious. I think there, there is likely something here and I have more learning to do on, on, on teacher-powered schools. Um, and I would request at least those in our leadership circle to lean in a bit. And um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the impact that not just the model, but the spirit of what they're doing is having on teachers because that is in fact our job. Ladies and gentlemen, educators, leaders, be well.